I just rub sticks together in the hopes that I can heat up dinner. And welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 55, recorded January 25th, 20, what year is it? 22. Two, two. Yep, I know. Two. That rollover, man. You know, it used to be that you would, you know, with the checks. Did we talk about this? I'm having some deja vu. To be honest with you. No, we did. But to okay, be honest with you, then. it's it's at this point, it's nothing to do with a rollover. It's like the last two years just didn't exist. Oh my gosh. Like the world said, Please. Mulligan. That was the joke that like <laughs> 21 only. was the year that wasn't. And I think 22 felt like the same exact thing. I it, it Legitimately, I'm like, wait, it was just 19. So now it's what? what? <laughs> oh man. Or no, no. 20 was the year that wasn't, and 21 felt like more of the same. Yeah, 20. Yeah. And, and the, the timing now here is, pretty, is yeah. pretty hilarious, too, because you had 2020, which was the, and then you had 2021. It was like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the dash one. It's, it's not even 20. It's, it's 2020 dash one, not 2021. It was, it's 2020 dash one. It's, it's the, it's it was the like, it's like a, it was like a patch release. It it's wasn't like, exactly. even something it's new. Like, it was like a minor patch release. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, not even and a bug all, fix. Not even a bug fix. Right. But God, but we all got our 5g upgrades. So that's fine. <laughs> boy, you know, those chemtrails, buddy, they have, they, they're, they're really like the, the coverage <laughs> now is, is Pretty, this is pretty great. Thorough. Well, it's, it's those Israeli moon bases, man. That's just... <laughs> All right, we got to take a hard left back to reality here before we go someplace. Yeah, it's, yeah just weird. Um, I just want to bask in it for a moment in the in in how good Zoom is because we do our call in Zoom, okay? Mm-hmm. And my company is is having a um is is split. We we have we have the Google Meet faction. And we have oh. the Zoom faction. Now, uh-huh. nobody is, I, I, it's a little melodramatic. Nobody's actually making any rules. We use the right tool. Uh, depends on the customer, no, I'm picturing, depends on the situation. I'm picturing, I'm picturing warring clans. Somebody has a headdress <laughs> with white hair in it. There are like wooden buckler shields involved. Basically, it's very like tribal, like, like two, ogre battles. It's like two tribes from, uh, you know, the upcoming Horizon Forbidden West is basically what it is. You know, you've got these these tribal layout, but they're using, you know, modern technology equipment for their for their tribal dress, you know? I was um, thinking more like high fantasy, like ogres versus elves or oh, something. Okay, so you were going more Lord of the Rings, I see. Okay. Right, uh, right. Yeah, that would work too. Because- Right, because you figure like those. I don't. I don't know what uh, you know movie you were talking about there, but I, I think at least there, like, there's an indication that it's just like a visceral. We hate the other side because we hate them, kind of a, <laughs> like not an active thought process. You know, like they did this to us, but we just hate them because that's what technology has given us. Right, it's just one more thing to fight about. You know, do you have the blue <laughs> bubble on your when you're texting me or not? You know, because then mm. I can look down my nose at you. You know, all these little things that. Right. You know, true. waste that's, time with. That's that's true. So, you know, I, a little bit of we dramatic are such children. There. Yeah, we, like we, adults we, are just such children. Well, I hate how society. Old, how old were you when you realized, oh, adults are the same jackasses that I dealt with when I was in grade school, just bigger. When did you discover it's, that? 
I, you know, it's hard to pin down an age. I think it was like a dawning recognition over a period of years. I realized like there was like, I realized like there was like, there was, there were early, even before college, there were early indications, but I'm like, right. No, that's just like the bottom 10% of morons. No, that can't be true. And then, and then as the years drug on, there was mounting evidence that that line wasn't as low as I thought it was. Right. And and now it's just, Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I meant, I meant actual recognition and acknowledgement, not, not the, not the suggestion, because I mean, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a steady progress your, your entire life. I can remember thinking when I was in, probably school, by the time I was twenty or so. Yeah, I, had I can remember thinking it. in, it, when I was in middle school, I can remember random. I, I have no idea where I was, but we were driving past a college campus. I was in the back seat of the car, and. I don't know, for whatever reason, I had had a bad day at school. Somebody was being a jerk to me, something like that. And we drove past the college campus and I saw the college students walking around. It's like, man, I cannot wait to get to college when everyone will finally act like an adult. Because because they have it figured out. (laughs) Because then people will act like normal human beings and they respect one another. (laughs) And what's the reality? What's the reality? Oh, it's even worse. Uh, Todd adults are just toddlers without diapers and toddlers are just adults without jobs. We're all the same. Our methods of, our methods of throwing tantrums are just more sophisticated. You know, that's it. Let's bring this back. So, so the Google meet the people that love their platform that Google's going to rug pull in 18 months. Right. Yeah. He's going to Google graveyard that crap. I, I don't know if that'll happen. It's Google it's, graveyard. I, I haven't heard that before. I like you've that. never heard of the Google graveyard. You can go Google no. search Google Graveyard. There are websites and just, and just they behold just the vastness the of their crap yeah, of the Deadpool of stuff <laughs> that they have built and then just axed. And the list is huge. There are things on that list that I didn't even know Google owned <laughs> that they've that they've oh, axed. Yeah. It's I mean it's, it's legend. I didn't know. I just hadn't heard the moniker Google Graveyard. You've but never heard. Oh my gosh! Yes, I, their I, hist- their storied history of of bagging projects is it legendary. It's legendary. I did not realize that you had never heard of the Google Graveyard, and I feel like I have done you a disservice in having not told you <laughs> about this term because this has been, you know, since the last two jobs. Like this is a thing that we have tracked. Somebody at my at my. My one of my one of my engineers pointed me at it, and yes, they actually have a website. Um, there are the the killedbygoogle.com is the big one, and then there is um, I mean, you'll find you'll find articles about it, but the ones that actually track they just are e- the websites that just list the various dead technologies mm-hmm. killedbygoogle.com mm-hmm. and gc gcemetery.co. G- gcemetery.co.co the, the google cemetery i'll have to take so, a look at these yeah. and and so there's some i mean you'll you'll find everything i mean these guys have killed yep. all kinds of all kinds of stuff oh it's going to be it's a i think they'll ha- they, i mean they they're, they're going to have to back this on something like a hyperscaling gcs to keep the database of this much information <laughs> it's, it's, if they're it's, actively tracking things that google's bagged i mean there's no end to that list <laughs> uh according to g cemetery total deaths 166 so this is not a small graveyard either there's no, a fair number of no. plots and you on know this piece you of know land. what personally i have a, a bone to pick i don't know about you but i go to this site there's exactly one i want to see one thing highlighted like above the fold 
front and center hero image highlighted in the in this graveyard, it's Google Wave. You <laughs> not because not because oh, I were, think were, that you would have been big, huh? Where, where, did, did you? No, did, where, I, I wasn't a huge were user you of it. Your, were you tatting Google Wave through your through your live cast on your Google Glass? <laughs> you no, jackass. I just I remember <laughs> I remember watching the the conference keynote when they, they first debuted it. it. Yep, and you had the guy typing real time translating the you know whatever french it was or whatever else mm -hmm. uh, into english I mean, with the threat it was and and the it was cool it, first of all it was cool the real time the 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 threaded style the real time typing the real time translation um combined with the federation it was ahead of its time in it was more awesome. way than one it was it was it really was. neat and i understand why they killed it because how are they going to make money on that eat gmail well like, it was it was like adoption how, it was adoption. No, nobody right. was nobody was picking it up. It was because exactly. It was how you going to make money time. on it. Well, <laughs> right. So, oh, oh, come on. Google can throw ads in anything. No, it was a great piece of technology. What their their initial pitch was to, um, no, uh, no, I IT mean, obviously that Google. And, that's how they make money on it. everything is ads. Yeah, uh, that's, right. That's their but business. They're, they're an advertising. The, the Google company. Wave pitch was, and they they had a, as I recall, there was an open source component to it, so you could just you know. The idea was to replace email servers. Like stand up a Google Wave server instead of your email the, server. Yeah, the backing, still if I recall email. correctly, the the backing data, like the, the actual data service was something you could install on-prem. Right, you could do your own thing. Yeah. They, were they were trying to replace, they were trying to create a new standard for collaboration and communication, starting with by yeah. removing the, by replacing the cornerstone of email. And so Wave actually could do email it was a mail. It was an email server, and all 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 and this, this other, other stuff. UI on top. And so of it, it was this. Yeah. It was an effort to push it in. You know, push the technology forward. I, I I applaud them for it. I was I was really sorry to see it. That one I don't place all the blame on Google because adoption was really really low. Everybody thought it was amazing stuff, but everyone also went. Okay, you install it first. No, you install. It. <laughs> this is basically what happened. Nobody if I, wanted to if put I recall, it in production and put their money on it. That's what happened. And if if I recall correctly, the installation was gnarly. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it 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 had some serious requirements, and and the installation itself required some work. I didn't. So I it's didn't, not something. Yeah. It wasn't something that your you know CISO would say. Oh, this looks interesting, and and one of your admins would would uh, screw off for an afternoon and and throw it on his uh, basement lab. Like it was. I, I'm not remembering. I could be wrong on that, but if I recall correctly, it was kind of a bear to get yeah, up and running. I didn't install it, but I, I was I was in the camp. I have I have always been firmly in the camp of, uh, especially when it comes to well, now Google's in the same boat. But originally it was Microsoft. It was like, okay, did Microsoft make it? Okay, I'm going to let that bake out live in production for at least 12 months. I'm not going to. It's not going to come near my uh, network. Wait. I wouldn't wait for service pack one, baby. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, is there a new, is there a new Microsoft OS? Oh, it's out today. Oh, I look forward to reviewing it in 12 months. That's that. That's hey, Alexa, remind it. me in a year. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, remind me in a year to check out this, this brand new operating system. That's now stable. <laughs> that's, that's how I did it. Um, and you know, I don't want to be an early adopter and, and most sane IT admins are the same way. And so it just, I don't think it ever got off the, it, it never got enough traction. And, and 
Yeah. Google being Google probably didn't give it enough runway either. They it was like, well, oh, is this not think, making money? And, eh, we're done. But and, and think about, I mean, this is this is a period where Google and Microsoft were, uh, I don't want to say at the height, but they were very unfriendly towards one another. They're still unfriendly to one another. And so, and so, what was really in the reticle there? It was Exchange. Yeah, because yeah, because sure. Exchange runs both Exchange powers both Outlook and Skype in enterprise settings, and this was email and chat, but as a combined user friendly interface that could also federate sanely and. And, you know, so so one thing is, okay, adoption, but what does that really mean? It's like new, because nobody's going to say, oh, great, now we can now we can stop running Exchange and take on this new experimental product. Like, you really do have a, a chicken or the egg problem there. Yeah, but the fight um, has, I mean, that fight has continued because, uh, um, you know, you had you know, G Suite. And then now Google Workspace, oh, sure. and you've now had, oh, sure. and now they, they've they've hijacked at least a portion of the federation stuff. You've got login with Google, Google Auth stuff. So the the Google versus Microsoft, you know, particularly in the Office productivity space, that that fight has continued forever. Um, yeah. What was interesting to see was to see the wave technology move into other things like the real time collaboration. That's in. All the all the uh, the office doc, docs uh, docs and yeah. sheets you can do all of that that real time collaboration mm -hmm. stuff is in there. Um, the chat components made its way. The translation components made its way into search. I haven't seen it. I I have not seen. Maybe I haven't gone looking for it. Is there actually translation capabilities inside of a Google Doc? Can you put something in one language, highlight it, and say translate to Google Doc, and have it actually just translate? For I don't you? know. I've never seen that, but I haven't gone looking for it. I haven't uh -huh. had a need. So I, to be honest with you, I don't, I, I, at this day in 2022, like, to be honest with you, I actually kind of actively avoid Google where I can. So I don't know. I don't know what they're. Well, like, that's because your state of the art is Microsoft. You're, you're on the, you're on the other side of the, you're on the other side of the uh, fence. This is you and me well, facing I mean, off in tribal point, <laughs> orcs point, versus Point elves. in fact, point in fact, I try to avoid Microsoft <laughs> also. What would you say you like then? Like, you know, what would you say you're doing here? What would you say you do here? I I just rub sticks together in the hopes that I can heat up dinner. That's it, <laughs> that I caught. I trapped. I trapped my dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, with sticks. Um, uh, but I legitimately, like from, from my own, uh, you know, I'm speaking as a as a person here, not a not a, a, a corporate, uh, I got not you. a suit. Um, a I try to avoid both. I try to avoid both. And I just legitimately haven't had need to go into Google's product suite in a while. So I don't like, I'm, mm. I'm not familiar with how advanced their, their office has gotten. Um, but I do I, know that I live Chrome in has built in translation of like mm -hmm. full pages, but I don't know if that extends to like highlighted selections or not. Right. So anyway, you've completely derailed me again. It's twice now. I'm going to get so hammered. I'm not trying to do it. On all these sidebars that you keep passing me. <laughs> Go drunk, Frank. You're home. Yeah. I another thing. I'm not as drink as you thunk I am. Um, so Google Meet versus Zoom. Um, obviously, the company, you know, externally facing, we'll go with, you know, we use, we tend to use Zoom because it's a better product. Internally, it's been Google Meet because it's cheaper. You don't pay anything. If you have Google, okay. we have Google Workspace. That's where all of our, our email and off lives is inside Google. Mm -hmm. And so you get Google Meet for free. It's just built in. 
which is, you know, that is the, the constructive play. The problem is Google Meet as a product is kind of butt. It just, it just quality-wise stinks. So it's got a, so, so when I say there's tribal warfare, I should probably just say, like, I'm, I'm in tribal warfare. It's like, no, I, I am on this crusade to get rid of Google Meet because I just think it's a bad experience. It's just, it's just a, you know, and I don't care that, you know, it's, it's not that I'm pro Zoom. And is it, so it's, is it, is it, uh, is it audio video quality fidelity? Is it how it degrades with poor bandwidth? Is it the user controls? Like what about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got you. I got you. But I mean, first of all, it's not that I'm pro Zoom or anti Google Meet. I am pro quality and anti crap, bad quality, like whatever's doing, whichever tool is the best, use that. That's kind of where I go. Now there's a, right. of course, there's a financial calculation in there. If the best is, you know, the equivalent of a Louis Vuitton bag, then no, okay, I'm going to back it off a step and save myself a butt ton of money. But right. generally all things being equal, I'm, I'm going to spend a little bit more and get and go for that higher quality experience because it's worth it in my opinion. Um, Google Meet, so Google Meet runs in your browser. So, all, and I don't know if that, yeah, and it's it's all. I thought it was all based on WebRTC, P two P WebRTC, which I thought would be decent quality. It's not bad. Okay, it's not. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this: it's not bad. Um, the 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 frame rate that you get is lower than what you get out of mm-hmm. Zoom. So you actually get a better picture quality from from Zoom because it's because Zoom. Zoom is a is a native okay. application. is It's more able to more directly utilize. There's the, less JavaScript involved. There's probably less <laughs> JavaScript involved. I, I will guarantee there's less JavaScript involved. Actually, if there is, if there is an equivalent amount of JavaScript involved, if I find out Zoom is running like a node server on the back end, I'll, I'll probably have to well, change no, my mind. I, I don't know. Can we look at their SDK though? Cause Zoom now they recently debuted the like apps uh, and I don't know. I don't know how they're created. Anyway, know. that's not your anyway. Point. So, uh, so picture quality is better. Um, I find I find that they handle their netcode is better. They're la- they handle latency and and packet mm-hmm. loss and things like that. They handle that better. Um, Zoom, uh, uh, Google Meet just has really for me. It's it, it comes down to the netcode stuff because I can't tell. you, I've lost track of the number of meetings I've been in where somebody freezes. Their picture just freezes in the middle of Google Meet. And never recovers. It never recovers. That person just stays in in an awkward, frozen oh. state for ever. And it and and I've seen it happen with screen shares. Less often with screen shares, which leads me to believe that they're using separate just the just logic. the video. Like you're still hearing them talk. You still just hear the them talk. You still hear, and and the timing is lining up, so the latency is fine. But the picture has stopped working. Um. Yeah. I've seen it happen with screen shares, but less often, which leads me to believe that they actually use different net code and different streaming logic between their, their, um, the camera feeds versus the screen feeds, which it's all RT. What the F are you doing? Why is this not all the same underlying stuff? Uh, first of all, um, and so frame rate, picture quality, net code, latency. I mean, those, those are the big things. UI wise, eh, it's kind of six and one half dozen. The other, I have complaints about both. I don't think either one is perfect. Um, I, I don't understand why I have to navigate three menus to get the invite link. I've got an active meet in Zoom, for example. I have to, you know, in Zoom, you have to go, okay, I've got to open the participant list and then I got to push the invite button at the bottom. And then that gives me another pop-up window where I click copy invite link. Why is this buried? This is the, the easiest thing to do. You're muted. Actually, pro tip: hit the uh, hit the green shield in the top left 
and you get a button left. to copy link. Windshield top left. Is that just the URL? Let me see here. Oh my gosh. Why is it hiding behind a green shield then? This is this is the UI UX stuff that I'm talking about. This is great. Yes, it's 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 handy. It's right there. Awesome. Thank you for telling me about that. I didn't know that. It's hiding. Why are you hiding this? Like <laughs> the, the I understand that we're we're going for simplicity and 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 ergonomics and 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 cl you know cleanliness. We we like these nice clean UIs, but it gets to a point where it is just too much. I remember, do you remember when Google- Talking about this, Apple is starting to struggle in that regard because oh right? that was their shtick. It's, it, 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 it just works and everything's intuitive. They've jammed so much functionality and so many features and, and, and answered so many corner cases in the OS. Mm -hmm. um, it's getting hard to find stuff sometimes. Yeah. And so you got, I mean, you have to, you can only stuff things in so many places or add additional buttons for so long before you have to basically knock it back to the studs and start over. You know who did, the one time, the one time I've seen this done really, really well actually came from Microsoft because it's from the one product that I think Microsoft does really, really well better than anyone. And that's the office suite. Microsoft office, is yeah. banger, banger with their office suite. They're really, really good at that product because it is absolutely it is dead center in it's their one of their niche. cash cows. That's why it's well, that and they're but they're really good. Like that, that, that office productivity, usability, GUI, like it, it, it checks all the boxes that Microsoft is naturally good at. They did not have to. Well, I guess they did. They, they Microsoft doesn't have an original thought. They stole that from from word perfect. But but this seems that they have really developed themselves into a natural niche here. And um when they redid the UI, this is going back, when they introduced the ribbon, I forget when that mm -hmm. was, but the ribbon UI that they designed, it's beautiful. They took the whole thing, they took the whole idea, they knocked it down to the studs. We're going to get rid of the, the file menu entirely, and we're going to start with these tabs, and then we're going to organize the tabs based on most used and, you know, the actual workflows, they actually looked at their metrics to figure out, you know, who yeah. was using what, when, and how, and it informed the whole thing. And it's really nice and easy to use. It's gorgeous. And a lot of apps have since copied it because it's a good way to do that, that interface. Um, but, you know, most places they just, they continue to add buttons and then they start hiding buttons under sub menus. Slack is kind of doing this right now. And I'm not all that happy about it. It's like, hey, we had the, the attach button is now hidden. You have to help plus, plus icon. Why? Why did you do that? You have, so they now have, you know, three buttons along the bottom. And then I click this plus icon and I can search shortcuts. Plus the attach option is now hiding there by itself. Why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> these are the, these are the things that, that nobody thinks about UI enough. I think actually they think about it not enough or too much. That seems to be my experience. They either think about it not at all and it's total garbage or they overthink it and it gets ultra sophisticated and now things are just hidden. Do you remember when Google redid their their icons for their whole uh, for the whole um, no. uh, office thing? Um, yeah, that's right. You're not much of a, you're not doing Google. You just said that. I mean, it's um, a web product. I expect them to redo their icons every 18 months. You got to justify those designers somehow, right? <laughs> 
Um, so they they have yeah, and so they have because a, they, what because what the average person with the average internet web user wants is for these sites to change. <laughs> That's right. I mean, <laughs> do you know? But there I mean, are, I have there are real problems though because because in 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 order to grow the in order to grow the TAM in order to grow your revenue in order to capture new markets and and open up opportunities you have to add features and functionality. You do. And you can't just do that. Eventually things get messy and you have to make decisions like, well, we have to add all this other stuff because it's a business imperative and so well that's all kind of like attached file. And so if we leave attach file out and then all this other stuff hidden, then that creates other UX problems. So we're just going to bury it all in this one little menu and try to keep it clean. Um, and over time, yeah, if they're not careful, it can hide things that are like really high use. I, I, I kind of trust I kind of trust the people at Slack, though, to to know how their software is used. And, yeah. and to say enough to say that, well. like. I mean, if they're owned by Salesforce now, so I don't want to go too far with that uh, assumption. Well, but that's a recent acquisition that hasn't really been <laughs> operationalized yet, right? Like, like, give it time, give it time, give it, give time. it time. It'll get nice and ugly, like the Salesforce UI. They'll don't wreck worry. it. It'll get there. They'll, they'll wreck it. Don't worry. It's like like Microsoft <laughs> and Skype, baby. Take a beautiful thing yeah. and just run it into the ground. <laughs> give it time. Give it time. So uh, I I think that the Google uh, icon. I I was going somewhere. That's why I came back to it. The um. The Google icon thing, uh, it coincided with them introducing Meet, which replaced conversations or something like that, which was replaced mm -hmm. Google Plus I, graveyard, graveyard. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, when they introduced Meet, they they redid a set of the of the workspace icons. So Gmail got a new one, Google Drive, Calendar, um, mm -hmm. Meet, the productivity stuff, photos, maps, um, and. They, they they went with their color palette and they went very, very simplistic, almost abstract for some of them. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading a post, somebody complaining about the icon changes. And it was, you know, what designers see. And they showed the, you know, the elegant icons. And then they said, mm -hmm. what average user sees. And they took, they took one, they took the colors, they made a square. Each side was a different color of the square. And then for each for each product, they just rotated, they just rotated. the square. <laughs> so it was like, oh, oh, Gmail's the one with the red on the left, and then Drive is the one with the red on the bottom. Got it. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're so because they're so similar, and they went for this super yeah. elegant nuance. And it's like, guys, you know, dial it back. Like, you know, little little bit yeah. of balance would be really handy. And I mean, they were right. I mean, you look at Drive, Calendar, and Meet, but for example, is. they're very 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 similar. It, it is hard though, because you got a lot it of requirements hard. there. It's it's got to look good in favicons and on mobile screens. It's got to be something that uh, is is looks visual. It's got to have a visual companion, visual siblingship with the others. Yeah, um, but it's also got to try to look distinct. But you can't jam too much detail into it because of requirements one and two. Uh, it is like I do. I do respect that. That's a a hard thing to solve for, especially in a growing and evolving product suite. And when uh, I was listening to Coder Radio, I think last week, and uh, um, uh, Chris and Mike were kvetching about how they were actually bitching about Google and yelling <laughs> about how uh, they've got like eight different chat systems for different product lines. And why can mm -hmm. you not just pick a chat and have everybody integrate it so that it's a, you know, because experience, because all of the reasons. Um, 
And it, when you rotate out a new chat system every 18 months, it becomes hard to come up with distinct icons that meet all of the above requirements that look different than all the others you've graveyard. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 I get that it's, I get that it's a challenging design problem and I, you know, um, uh, but it's still, and I've noticed this too, which is, which is part of, to be honest with you, and I do, you're right. I, I mean, for work, I'm in, I'm in Windows. Uh, I'm in the Fisher Price operating system and I actually happen to like the office suite, including Outlook. It's, it's not a bad, not a bad system. And one of the reasons is that that pressure doesn't exist, right? The, the new email icon is the same essentially that it's been for decades because it doesn't need to change. Um, and so it, it's still, it still represents something, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's also a different medium. It's a different format, right? It's not web. And so I don't know. Mm -hmm. you, you know, um, this, this reminds me of the story. Do, do you know, you should, you'll probably, you'll probably recognize this sound, right? This should, this should be familiar. Do you recognize that? Or did That's you not it. hear it? Is that did you hear it? That's no, no, I heard it. I heard okay. it. I heard it. Do you That's, know what that is? Is that new email? No. Mm -mm. No? What is you that? You don't recognize that? That's the Windows 95 startup sound. That is, is that the 95? Windows 95. That is the sound that came that played when you started up the computer. Oh man. No, it's been too long. I didn't recognize it. <laughs> so I didn't the, recognize um, it. the the composer for that, um, I will find an article that links to to it. Um the composer for that was approached by Microsoft and they said, we want you to you know, make a sound and it has to be all these adjectives. And the adjective list was a hundred adjectives long. It was, it was all right. these different things and it has to be three seconds long. That was the challenge that they put in front of this guy. <laughs> and all these adjectives. It has to be happy and solemn yes. and non-religiously yes. yes. committal and all of these, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So um, it was it was all of those things, and he had to do it, and it had to be three seconds long. And he came up with a you know a, a couple of them, um, a, like eighty four different ideas that he presented, and Microsoft picked mm -hmm. one, and that became that became it. Um, but you know you're talking about design and the balance and things like that. I'm a big believer in just you know give give some guidance. And then get out of the way, you know, like get you for, for, you know, especially if you're doing, you know, design stuff, you know, let the designer do the, do the, what they do best and don't, don't try and micromanage them. And I feel like when you get into some of these, some of these, these, um, um, these loops where things end up overly simplistic or, you know, overly complex, I feel like one side or the other is overthinking it or getting too much, you know, Get, get, getting too yeah. deep into the into the weeds that tends to be the case i don't but, know if i would agree with that necessarily because yeah. i yeah. mean like that's just that's the web man. that's not google's designers that's 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 the bay area right that's, yeah well that's i mean this web. is a general problem i'm not i'm not i'm not singling yeah. out google on this one this is just a challenge of doing design um generally speaking but i remember that story and i remember thinking that it was either supremely helpful having all those adjectives or extremely annoying you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure which if I was that designer, the three, I actually like the three second thing, you know, give me an inspirational startup sound and it has to be three seconds long. You know, that, that, that real, that tight framing, it gives you something yeah. to, to 
latch on to versus, well, you know, this is kind of what we have to do. I don't know. And, you know, wishy-washy and things like that. So, you know, getting specific with your designs, with your intentions, you know, you have to do something in, in exchange tenure, for something else. Tenure means something too, right? Not changing something mm-hmm. is an advantage. For the sake so of like changing if I put, it, right. If I put if I put an icon of a three and a half floppy on a screen and show a college freshman, you know, uh, college freshman who's not a computer science major, Mm -hmm. this image, they're going to know that's the save button. They've literally not been alive while three and a half floppies were actively used in the real world. And yet they know that's the save button. That is the save button. That is the save picture. And I know there have been articles written on like why we can't change it because it's so ingrained because it was one of the things that didn't change for so long. Well, not only that, you you, you take a step even further back from that. Okay, we're going to change it. To what? Like that that image well, has to what and for what purpose? It doesn't need to change because it represents the same thing it always has. But that's the problem though. That's the problem. That's why we run into these more abstract logos for Google Docs or whatever, because the thing that the the thing that the the diskette represents is saving, mm-hmm. right? Right. The thing that the Google Docs icon represents is not the same as it was ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Google's got a market imperative to demonstrate progress and. Mm-hmm that there's new things and it's a new product. They want to reinvent themselves. And so they they literally they literally can't just keep the same logo that's been working. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they they want to show they want to show the progress and advancement where versus the save, the concept of save hasn't changed, will not change, is what it is now and forever. And that's what the I don't icon know, is going to be. It's I don't know who or when, like I don't know where or when that save icon initially debuted. I gotta believe it wasn't any later than the early eighties. Um hmm. I I don't know. Was it? I, I don't know. It's been a very, very, very long it's time. It's been a long time. I mean, it started. I back would guarantee with- I would I would guarantee you it's been at least 30 years. That's been the save icon. Right. right? I mean, it's probably far back. But you're right. The fundamental concept hasn't changed. changed. It continues right? to the work. The only thing Why they've been able to do. It? Like, just because it's an old piece of tech doesn't mean, you know, who, who cares? The image means what it means. It's sort of taken on its own value at this right. point. Right. At this point, and that's kind of my point, at this point, that, that icon is abstract. Because it doesn't right. actually mean anything. Right. Right. Nobody has those and, in their and, computer anymore. I don't even think I've got right. any and, in a box anymore. And the only thing, the only thing that the the vendors can do is take it away. Well, mm-hmm. no, everything saves automatically for you. You don't even you don't. There is no save button because everything gets saved. Right. That's the really only way out of that one. Yeah, but that even that, like, you're still you you're never going to get away. It's a human concept, though. The notion of saving is never going to go away. Like, yes. All this stuff is saved automatically, but the humans are always, I just got out of a conversation. We were dealing with an integration. We're working on uh, integrating a new, uh, a new platform for, for something. And we were going through and we were, um, we we were doing a UAT and we were role-playing. And so I was a certain role. And so the, the, the guy went in, he went into the config system, he went into the users 
changed our roles and it wasn't working and we were trying to debug it. My first question was, did it automatically change the role did or did you miss a save button? Did you save yeah. the change? You know, yep. it's not, yep. this is not going anywhere because you still yeah. have the act of, you know, make the change permanent or effectuate the change and store it in, you know, forever mm -hmm. or until I change my mind. You know, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, it's not going away. It's not going to end. So that little icon not going anywhere. And I, you know, like you said, the not image is taken on fast. No. Right. It's it's it has taken on its own meaning at this point. Why would you mess with it? It works. Just just go with it. Freaking go with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand that, you know, graphics, we do a you know, we try and do a lot of things. We try to inspire, we try to uh, advertise, attract, marketing, you know, we try and imply value and meaning and worth. I mean, there's, it, there's, there's a lot that goes into iconography is it's a, it's a big, yeah. big, big, big space. Um, but if it ain't broke, man, if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Cause you throw out, you know, you might, you risk throwing out the baby with the bath, bath water. Um, this is not at all. I am going to be so happy. This is not at all what I plan on talking about today at all. Uh, I was just trying to make the point that Google Meet as a product is kind of lackluster and Zoom is a yeah, higher caliber product at the moment. Just a higher caliber say, experience. Just it. Having having looked around, Zoom is kind of emerging as one of the best. It's yeah. And I don't have any allegiance to it. I've been using it for right. years. I don't I don't I was love a go to it. I don't meeting hate fan it. for years before that. I actually remember at one point you had started using Zoom. Remember um pre-acquisition when we were working together, um, you, you, and, <laughs> you and our boss, April, had, had, were, were using, starting to get into Zoom. It was becoming more prevalent. And I still had GoToMeeting. I was like, screw this Zoom stuff. GoToMeeting is the best. This Zoom thing looks like, <laughs> this looks like kindergarten cartoony crap. And then, and then uh, yeah, that's true. But look at the price. And Zoom was just yeah. monumentally cheaper. And they ended up eating yeah. their lunch because of the cost. It'd be funny to yeah. actually go back and see if the, how much their prices have risen since then to see if they've actually just taken the market lead position and now are jacking their their prices up. Oh yeah, like go what like go to do? meeting did, like go yeah. to meeting did. Um, every, everything's in cycles. But these, <laughs> but these the, the video conferencing solutions. I mean, you and I have used a billion of them oh, over of them. throughout the years. They come and they go, and you know what? The thing that matters is just comfort because right. all of the new ones look really stupid when you're first using them. And then after you are using them day to day, they just feel natural as anything and you but don't you know, notice. Right. But see, the interesting you thing know. about that is why do we change? The, the experience has not changed. You and I are doing exactly what we have done since we started, since we started yeah, Ford Software. A very long time ago. And we were doing it in Skype and Skype was mm -hmm. fine. I had good video. I had good audio. And look, I, I, can, I could do I can, conference calls. I can... Mute audio, mute or stop video. Mm -hmm. I can leave the call, invite somebody else in. Arguably, I see how long we're talking. That's arguably, it. I have less functionality here than I did in Skype because in Skype, I could conference in a phone line to the video call. We did this a bunch where you and I did yeah. Skype over, we over could, the yeah, net you could conference and you and I could see each other and then you could dial someone in on the, on the phone. And, but you could call out. You know, you can't do that with Zoom. Zoom, you, yeah. somebody has to dial in. So arguably you've lost features. Yeah. So my point is, a rhetorical question almost, like why have we changed? And I would posit there are there are only two reasons that you ever change 
the product. You ever, you change the thing. Cost, something went, something got more expensive. Something else got less expensive. The alternative got less expensive. Mm -hmm. But that is always taken into consideration with quality. One is a higher quality experience and it's, you know, it's quality experience has gone up or, you know, inverse, the quality experience has gone down. Skype was cheap and had really good quality, but then Microsoft bought it and ran it into the crapper and the experience went down and it was no longer worth it. That's why we changed, you know? So, and this is, but this is a, this is a known phenomenon though. Like look at, uh, I know you and I both at one point back in the day would use Notepad++. Ah, I love Notepad++. Love it. Free soft, just native editing, free software, free open you know, source, good tool. Yep. And good then tool. why why go to Sublime, which is a which is a paid product feature, right? Uh, because better quality. Uh, it was it was the feature. It was the for me what sold me was the multi cursor editing. When I saw the GIF of mm. doing the edits, the multi you know, edit, uh, multi line edit yeah. all at once, I was sold because. Yeah. I lost track of how many times I, ha- oh, I'm, I'm building an that's a array. Good, that's a good feature. A loop yeah. Or something like that where, yes. you, where you have a thing and you, yeah, if else is or something like that, big chain of those, a, a huge list of case conditionals or something like that. Um, yeah, I liked the, I liked the performance. I liked the plugin ecosystem. Plugins um, were cool. But were cool. the, the multi, multi-edit, that was definitely a, that was definitely a, and then, and then what happened uh, a few a few years down the line, Adam came out, right? GitHub published Adam. I remember, yep. I remember and it Adam. was uh, a, a bigger plugin community, multi-edit the whole thing, and worse performance, but it was free. And so and so, I actually switched over to Adam for a little while, and I just couldn't take it. Um, right. And then you, from there, you know what I did from there? I went back, I paid for an updated copy of Sublime, and I started using Vim. <laughs> when I want a GUI editor, I still, to this day, I use Sublime. Uh, but most of the time I'm just in Vim because then I get quality, I get cost, I mm-hmm. get everything. It's every Vim is at like Vim is on the friggin' moon at this point. Like it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Um the, the, yeah. I, the cost and quality. And it's so, it's those two, it's the cross product of those two. And I would right? argue and it's that a relative more score. Important. It's a relative score, but I think if I have to rank I think them, so I too. put I put quality I so above too. cost. Because look at what we did with the Notepad Plus Plus thing. Notepad Plus Plus was free and had nearly everything that sublime does okay and sublime costs money but it had that one killer feature in my case mm-hmm. or the add-on ecosystem in your case which had these pretty you know nifty nice to well, have and plus plus had plugins too and, and it did yeah, right but, it did but 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 the sublime had a bigger ecosystem more of them and more variety in what they could do and that was enough to get over the hump of okay, this is worth me forking out some some cash for it. Um, and then you went to Adam, which purported the same features, the same functionality, but at a lower cost. But then you went over there and you realized, oh, the quality isn't actually as good because the performance is off. And yeah, it yeah, it really was actually kind of a kind of a crappy experience. And yeah, it, it has, wound up being. And the market and the market proved that out. That basically has died a languishing death. I know it's still sort of out there, but it's it. You know, I remember when that came out. That that busted onto the scene the same way that Google Wave busted on the scene. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Nobody's going to use anything else other than this ever again. This is the end. This it's is all the everybody talked. All anything anybody talked about for a hot minute. And for a hot minute, where and are then, we now? And then and then we were yeah. done. You know, it's like, well, the, but, I mean, 
like point in in itself, yeah, I don't think it has the market share that it did or the or the buzz that it did. Out of no. that ex, out of that um, experiment, though, came VS Code, which really replaced it True. in a in a hurry, and that's. That's stronger than ever. That is a yeah, really, no, true. really strong true. offering. And they the took the less performance is still. I don't love the performance of VS Code. The the web stack editors they just can't deliver the performance. Uh, there's just too much delay. There's too much lag. I don't know how they saw. I'm sure they're working on it. It's fine. Uh, maybe you know. I'm also an Apple user because I just I don't like the the experience of of some other platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe it's just a thing that most people don't care about. And I'm like, you know, whiny and, and entitled and privileged and that's fine. Uh, but <laughs> Vim, Vim works everywhere. I can say that. Sure. Well, yeah, it's, it doesn't get, doesn't get simpler than that in terms of, um, in terms of performance, it's a plain text editor. You can run that. You I, run ran that a, I ran a, I ran a, like a, a clack, quote unquote class kind of a thing earlier this morning where I was showing some folks, some things on the command line. And it was Vim it was in WSL. Like I'm on Windows, I'm still going to Vim just because that's kind of where my muscle memory. But why? Because because cost and quality calculation as a relative score compared to the market at that time with, um, you know, weighted with my needs, right? And my workflow requirements at that time that I'm making the decision. Because what will happen is you pick something, you stick with it for long enough and your requirements may shift slightly. And it introduces a little bit of pain with that product, but you'll stick with it unless something big happens or unless the drift becomes so large that your daily pain starts to really get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you stick with something longer than maybe like well, at a, to a point where like if I was coming into this new now, I wouldn't make the decision to use what I'm using. Sure. But it's comfortable. Right. You know, oh, I'm that, in the that's same. certainly there's a I'm momentum the aspect to it. I'm in the same boat. I, I remember trying IDEs when I, back when I started in college. They, you know, I tried using uh, Eclipse when I was doing Java courses, and I remember thinking, Whoa, uh, yikes. Right, I, "Oh my gosh, yikes!" And I was yikes like, in a way. This is what IDEs are. Pass, and I was done, and that was it. <laughs> I never. I have tried IDEs. I've tried to go back, and they are always just a miserable slog. And that's what got me hooked on plain text editors. I have a file. I open it up. I edit it. I save it. I close it done. You know, it's, and I have been a plain text editor guy. Sublime is my go-to ever since. And, and you're kind of in the same, you're in the same boat. Um, but I know some of, a lot of my engineers, they actually really like VS code. They think that that is a, that's a good product, you know, but, and then, and then there's you with Vim and Vim is basically the Frank's red hot of editors. You know, I put that (laughs) on anything. Well, to the point about plugins, every th- I don't know if N plus Frank's plus, but everything man. I've used, every, <laughs> everything from Sublime on has a Vim mode. That's true. That you yeah. can enable, right? That's true. <laughs> and then there's poor Nano sitting out there by themselves with their their slightly more sane shortcuts. <laughs> the, the problem is, so the problem with Nano is that it's it's not installed by default. In enough cases, mm-hmm. if you had enough operating systems that shipped it by default, I think it would have picked up a lot heavier. And and some distros will default Emacs. Some distros will default uh, Vim with the distro. Um, some it's Nano, Pico, or you know there are other options. Um, 
but I, I just, it's just not in by default. Because if I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to yum or app get something anyway, I'm just going to give him. They're because like, it's, it's more fully featured. They, you know? they need more of that um, that uh, Microsoft anti-competitive behavior. Got to get those defaults in there and yeah. screw the other yep. guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are reports of some update from Microsoft that is now like changing default browser preferences and changing default yep. search engines within browsers. Oh, and they're, stuff. they're doing the same. They, this is this is what the what when did that the, crap go the down regulatory. The this regulatory the fines all over again. It's just a it's just a cost of doing business. Cost of doing business, right? Exactly. That's it. That's exactly what it is. So we are we are doing. They're doing the same crap they did before. They're arguably mm -hmm. bigger now. They've gone through it once, so they're more equipped. I guarantee you that this is basically a boardroom calculation. That okay, we're going to do oh, this. Yeah. How much will we make versus how much will we get? Will we lose being in lawsuits and dealing with the legal and things like that? Oh, we'll make more. Okay, well we're going to do it. That's what that's what it is. It is a financial calculation, guaranteed, top to bottom. And you're yeah. kidding yourself if you think it's anything uh. but that. Is it ethical? Mm, gray area. I have a problem. No, no, it is not. It is absolutely not. I do not believe that it is. I, uh, I, I take a firm stance. Uh, to me, the operating system, you exist as a hardware abstraction and a platform for my user land applications, and you get the hell out of all my other business. This idea that yeah, the you Fisher don't get Price to OS is, that is, I change. You know, I, I, exactly. I you you yeah. don't get to dictate those settings and change things with your updates and tell me how to do my workflow. Mm -hmm. Or you know, I find it I find it morally reprehensible that the default install and settings of Windows 10 turn the start menu into a dang billboard. I find oh, that actually morally those tiles bankrupt. Are gross. You can turn all the that tiles, off, you, know. you can the, turn all the that Cortana crap. search. No, the, the point is not that you can turn it off. The point is that it's in there in the first place. Well, I'm okay if Microsoft says, hey, you're installing Windows. Would you like these experiences? Okay, fair and enough. I can opt in. I can in. meet you there. You can, I'll meet you there. You can ship, you can ship the DLLs with the software mm -hmm. and you can put, you can make me choose no as an option. That's fine make me opt out but the fact that the stuff is in there by default is mm. really nauseating to yeah. me i really don't care for it it reminds me it reminds me we, we had that we had that flashback episode a, a few weeks back where we talked about cool old tech that we used to use in the yeah, 90s yeah. and stuff like that and it reminds me of the of the pc decrapifier things that would go in and yep. they had these utilities yeah. that you could run and it would it had a it had a laundry list, and it would just auto disable yeah. and uninstall all kinds of crud that Microsoft get. We're we're heading back there. Like we're we're going to end up doing the same kinds of things. It's, Do you know what the annoying. difference is, though? Do you know what the difference is, though, in twenty twenty two? Like legitimately, and I don't mm. say this to be like um, that guy. Or I actually whatever. don't know, and now I'm really curious. The difference is that like, go get a Fedora Ubuntu disk, and own your own friggin' data. Put dead buy and buy a cheap PC from Dell. Put put a Linux disk on it, and then run Nextcloud, run GitLab, run your own stuff, own your own data, be in control of your own things, and you'll start to see a. It's a lot easier than it used to be. Right? We're not talking True. like the 2001 experience of trying to go out and get Debian onto a laptop or something. It's not yeah. that way anymore. And number two, um, there are power applications you're not going to like if you want to do that in game you're in for some work. If you want to yeah. do that and like do uh, like video, audio editing, things like that, you're mm -hmm. in for some work. Um, the things that are just, if you, you're want, not gonna be able to if you want to connect to peripherals, right? you're probably in for some work. Not, not as much as no, no, no. Uh, no I've had, better? I've, yeah. 
I have rolled, so except for my core system, and which I can't because supply and demand, I have essentially at this point, I'm hearing the boings, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, I have essentially, uh, yeah, you piped in your audio for the other thing. And then, so yep. I've essentially rolled every piece of, of gear in my office in the last, say, 36 months. Uh, camera, speakers, microphone, audio interface, hub, printer, everything. It's all worked out of the box. Like no config, no scripting, no getting weird dependencies. Or It all worked out of the box, no issue. Like the support is really starting to get good for the peripherals. Again, you're not going to game. You're not going to edit video, uh, a couple of things. But it's it's easier than it ever has been to free yourself from these just abysmal corporations who, make no mistake about it, are only interested in your data to sell you ads, to sell you crap. Yeah. You're just a number. You're just a a resource to them that they're going to use up and throw away when they're done with. And it's easier than it's ever been to take back some measure of control. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's my soap. That's my Ted Bundy or not Ted Bundy. uh, That's my that's my uh, uncle, uncle Ted, uncle Ted Kaczynski, you know, rant for the day. (laughs) Unfortunately, though, you run up against just human nature and laziness. You know, it's the same reason that that everyone happily gives away their information to Facebook and Google and, you know, all these other social media sites. I just want the functionality. You want this data. I don't care what you do with it. It, it, This works and I don't need to think about it. Okay. You know, people are just, and that's the right decision in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah. But the the lazy, the lazy factor, like it, that carries a lot. I mean, well, but for somebody, I think there's a growing, there's a growing awareness, uh, awareness though, I think of surveillance capitalism as a, as a topic and as a, as a practice in business. And for anybody that's bothered by that, I think there's motivation to make it worth it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not, it's not, it's not all sunshine and puppies, right? Cause there are things you're not going to be able to do right on my Linux desktop. I can't just install a new game or something, right? You have to make accommodations or you got to stop doing things or you got to find other ways to do it. Um, and like the other, uh, what last week, Wednesday, Thursday morning, I woke up and uh, everything's offline. Turns out I had a bad UPS. I had a UPS mm. pop in the basement. Yep. And so uh, I had it. to trudge down to trudge down to the store and grab a new one and plug it in. And it took a took forty five minutes of my time to go buy it, come back, plug it in. No big deal. Um, but still, I would say two or three times a year, uh, UPSs aren't that. That thing was down there for like eight years, but. Mm-hmm. Two or three times a year, something goes wrong, and now it's a disruption. And not only can you not do what you were trying to do at that moment in the first place, but now you got a waste opportunity cost going fixing something you didn't want to deal with at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does have a cost. There is there is cost to doing it, but it's viable. It's right. it's a lot more viable. And 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 daily, Linux even is a daily driver, not just as like a home server, um, but Linux as a daily driver is is more viable than it's ever been. Yeah, even yeah. though it's still. Nowhere near, you know, uh, taking over the desktop, right? That was that was Linus's whole goal with the thing. And it has literally taken over every other platform and form factor but, but desktop. the desktop. Because because <laughs> they just I, couldn't do it. I mean, the use it this this goes back to that that end user use, but this is the thing that Microsoft is really, really good at. They're really good at making the end user's life easier. That's that's just what you know. They, well, it's just a maturity they thing. Don't have no, to I don't think, think it's. About it. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. No? Um, I I don't think that's it. It's just historical accident, right? Because 
uh, Linus published his code in what, 90, 92, I think. And, uh, you know, Stallman already had some software to put around it by that point, but it wasn't something the average person could use. It didn't have any chance of adoption. So when PC games, the way that we think of them now, you know, I'm thinking <laughs> like Wolfenstein, right? When that came of age, Windows was the operating system. So that's what they got written for. Mm. You know, if if Linux had adopt had seen adoption before video games became a thing, mm-hmm. I think we'd have an alternate history. I think that mm. was the thing. Whichever whichever desktop was dominant when video games really came on the scene, desk you know PC gaming really came on the scene. That's I think you're what putting drove. a lot of weight on the impact of video games. Now, I mean, as a hardcore I gamer, I love that, but I'm not sure if I actually I agree. You really think it would corporate's have that the same mo- thing. Like you, corporate you really uses the same in thing. particular. Okay. People using things in the office, I think, is another big factor. That's that's the one that I, I would they, point to. They want, sure. oh, we're going to get one for home. Well, I'm going to buy the thing I use buy at the, the office I because I already know right. how to use it. Right. You know? And so, and so, if 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 there was traction in Linux, um, you know, prior to workplace adoption of PCs, then that that would have swayed it. You know, it's and so my argument there is that it's it just takes buy-in. It just takes takes market saturation mm-hmm. and these other problems with us the reason that none of these pr- the peripherals and the gaming is crap and everything else mm-hmm. is because it just didn't have it like it was a chicken or the egg that linux lost it was too late that was it mm-hmm. it was just too late uh, but yeah. that's but then the rest of it everybody else who's not the average user who can't be bothered saw the value and started adopting it and started using it mm-hmm. hmm. anyway point is i guess i'm a nerd and uh you know, there are alternatives. So whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, look around for those alternatives. Um, yeah. Pretty far ranging conversation today. We covered a lot of territory. Yeah. The, uh, the, 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 we should probably, we always make a point to come back to things and then we never do. We should make it a point never. to come back to things that we make a point to come back to. Should work on that. <laughs> yeah, I'll All right. So you you basically what you want what you're saying is let's stop procrastinating tomorrow. That's <laughs> really yeah. That's, I'm going to make a commitment to start keeping new commitments that I make. <laughs> the best the most popular day to start a diet is tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> Well, if you want to keep us honest on the things that we have said we would come back to and then never did, feel free to shoot us a note, feedback at refactor.work. You can check out the website, refactor.work, for uh, the episodes. You can watch them right there on the site. Uh, Show notes. uh, There's good links in there. There's background on us, what we do, um, what the heck suck less means. We have a pretty decent description and all that, so you can check that out. Uh, for Chris, if you want to hear, see more from what he's talking about, you can check him out at Tonkinson.com. And for myself, you can check me out at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. And this has been episode 55 of the Refactor Podcast on January 25th, 2022. And hopefully it will be a two. We'll see. Thanks, Chris. Catch you later, buddy. Thanks, Frank.